welcome to Layback with Betfair. Joined by the A-Team, we're back. Welcome to Season 5 of Layback with Betfair. I'm your host, only for today. Nick Foote is going to sit in the form chair, but I'm Carl Kaldawi, joined by the A-Team here. we got Reese, we got Footy here. Um, We've had a quite a big giggle off camera. I think we're ready for a big show to kick off the season. Intro five out of ten for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd much rather you win that seat. Mate. I, I, hold on, wait. Can I just say no? I'm 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 stopping this. You can't talk. Remember your uh, intro from last okay. season, first one. Well, stop living in the past. Let's just worry about the future. He's That's a, what punters do. They live a, in the past. He's a polished media operator now that we've seen him in the city, in the winners' stall in the city, yeah. in the valley now. So yeah. he doesn't stuff around, Racy Goodwin. I, I will say I did feel a lot of pressure because you are very good at your intros. Um, so it yeah. tails off quickly after that. It, it, it does. It does. Um, let's just catch up firstly. What's been happening? Footy, you've been getting back into your umpiring, doing a lot of form, been seeing you everywhere on RSN. Oh, Two units as well. You've been a busy guy. Yeah, been been ticking along. It's been nice. It's sort of off season in racing. So a lot of people go away. So you get a few opportunities. So uh, it's been good fun. But I'm very excited to be back on layback with Betfair for another season boys and uh there's plenty to discuss and what better way to do it with some group one racing at hq today so uh i'm pretty keen to hear about reese's lay-bins i'm sure he's got plenty again for us this season he's uh only had about three last season so yeah uh, we're not about to we're not about to improve that anytime soon um i am a a keen rsn listener and i never thought i'd get sick of hearing footy's uh, voice but (laughs) the last number of weeks it has been getting a proper pump up your name on rsn and uh, no, but it's good footy. You're um you're a good judge. You you do the radio work very well. And uh, yeah, can't wait to crack into another season. Obviously, we kicked off with the first group one last week. Um, the big B, a uh, Mr B, back in action. But uh, yeah, can't wait to get stuck into this week's racing. Hey, just quickly, we we're not covering the race, but you've got one at HQ on Saturday in the last. Tell us about that. Yeah, Bullfinch. Um, he's a new acquisition to the stable. He ran well enough first up. I thought he, 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 if you read the form, it just says he ran last, beat about five and a half lengths, but he was pretty sharp on the clock late. Um, 1100 certainly on his go. He's got good second up stats. He gets to Flemington 1400 where he's ran really well before. And uh, I think the only reason he's about 100 or one is because I train it, not someone else. <laughs> so um, wouldn't be shocked to see him run well. And if he doesn't, we'll be, we'll be disappointed. He's on track for something like an Achuca Cup third up um, just in two next month. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how he goes at uh, the Big Smoke. You've heard of J-Mac tax and you see, you know, a lot of runners, <laughs> 280, they probably jump two bucks. Goodwin tax is $20 shot, it's 151 <laughs> it's, to one. It's the best part yeah, of that an underrated trainer, you yeah, generally get better yeah. odds. <laughs> Love it, the underrated trainer. Yeah. Um, no, nah, that's good. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the show. Of course, we're going to start off with the lay bin. I'm going to go straight to you, footy. First one, waste management open. But that's not the lay bin. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the, the yeah. golf tournament. Yeah, intriguing sponsorship deal there with the waste management open. Just but call it you, the poo tournament. If, like, you, <laughs> if you see some of the behaviour covered in mud streaming down hills at the end, it's probably aptly named. Mm, but yeah. the waste management open, Phoenix, uh, we know what it's about. Everyone would have seen it uh, on the socials. There's... It's very much marketed around being a party type event. So you've got the famous party hole um, there and there's lots of beers flying everywhere. We've seen a couple of hole-in-ones over the past couple of years, a few years uh, at the tournament as well. But what's happened this year is the tournament sort of put it out. They marketed around it being this big, effectively a piss-up. 
and it gets to uh, deep into the tournament and they've cut off the alcohol sales. <laughs> so, uh, look, it got out of hand, but if you want to be what you want to be, then you've got to stick with it all the way through and, uh, you know, maybe just go with an RSA from the get-go. But I reckon the Waste Management Open should get in the bin. You've got to stick to your guns. <laughs> Did you do that one on purpose? <laughs> What's that? No, the Waste Management Open <laughs> needs to get into the bin. <laughs> Didn't even realise I said it. So, so you, there you, you go. started very, very sharp. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and I'm going to start very, very poorly. I'm going to start from the bottom and throughout the season, I'm just going to build my way up. And mm. I will have a, some good lay-bins. But I have not got one. Oh, <laughs> he's back again. I will work on it from here on in all week and find something. Um, but I've been a very busy man. No, say. fair enough. I, I don't mind that. You're a positive guy, so I don't. I don't mind. Yeah, that's what I like to say. Anyway, shedding that positivity. Uh, I'm pretty disappointed in myself. I'm putting myself into the lay bin. I uh, went to a wedding on the weekend, and Anthony Friedman was there. It was uh, yeah, a, a fantastic wedding. Uh, he he managed to get an invite. Um, I. He runs in some pretty high circles, Cal. I had a couple of uh, drinks and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to go up to him. I've met him multiple times before, just going to the, the Friedman stables and stuff like that. Went up to him. G'day, mate. I'm Carl. What's your name? Oh. <laughs> Talk to him. to him. Fully knowing, fully knowing, like I'm just panicking here, fully knowing I, I, I know exactly who this is. Of course, I get nervous, right? I'm getting nervous in front of you guys. Um, and he goes, oh, I'm Anthony. Didn't ask for my name back, but I, I gave it to him anyway. And then I proceeded to say, uh, sorry, Matt, I know exactly who you are. You're legendary. <laughs> this is enough areas. He was, he, he was so nuffy. He was trying to get away and I just kept on just pulling him back in with the shittest chat on the face of the planet. I'll tell you what, so, I've done this before with not quite the same. I remember a night out in the Gold Coast and I was pretty intoxicated. <laughs> I introduced myself to Brett and Abdullah. And I talked his ear off so much. She would have been like, who was this dropkick? And I feel like I'm embarrassed to see him again. I hope he doesn't remember me. <laughs> Did you tell him how many wool of my cups you've won? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, think I, was I think I was telling him I was going to be a trainer one yeah. day. You can ride for me. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Here he is in Hong Kong doing a bit better than I am. Who's, who's on Bullfinch this weekend? Uh, Jalen Kennedy. Okay, yeah. She, she's going um, good. I think she's a star on the rise. Yeah, she's she's a really good racing brain. Let's Very go. Good. Well, just quickly, have you got any anyone you starstruck by? Nah. Not really. Not really. Fair enough. No. Razor Ray Dougie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect any other answer from no. you, footy. All right. Well, let's get stuck into Flemington. Uh, we're, we're at HQ. We're probably going to race on a good four. It's going to be 25 degrees fine. And the, the track is, uh, the, the rails are true for the entire. Let's kick off with the Group 3 Tressidy Stakes. This is the race last year where you were very keen on Anavisto. And mm. Anavisto has won the last two editions of this race. And Reese, you were keen on Exolita each way at a massive price, and it ended up rattling home for third. Probably should have won, actually. Is that no? We won't take that away from Footy. We won't take that away from Footy. And take it out of my account. <laughs> it's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a uh, a late performance from uh, our good friend Tom Haylock, who laid under this. So you That's guys went head to head today. That's exactly why Bad he's not memories. here. But. Let's get stuck into it. Footy, you done the speed? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, before I, I get into the speed, I'll just back over the track quickly. So as you mentioned, it's good for rail true. Last time we raced at Flemington, the rail was in the nine metres and there was a really uh, strong bias to be on the rail that day. So um, there's been a little bit of public outcry following that meet. Rail being back in the true, light winds, 15 to 25k, southerlies throughout the day. I expect it to race really fair, which is all we want as punters. And you generally get that with 
Flemington anyway, every horse generally gets a chance providing there is no bias. So uh, I'm really excited about uh, the race and we'll cover race five through to, through to the group one. And look, speed-wise, Wishlaw Lass, um, Sparkle, Running By, they look the three key speed influences. Um, Revolutionary Miss, well, she's going to get an economical run uh, in behind the speed from the low draw, I suspect. Uh Look, it's a good it's a good betting race. We've got a lot of first up runners, a bit of intrigue here. Revolutionary Miss, she's been kept up from the spring, so uh, and racing through the summer months to add a little bit more black type um, to her page, which she was able to do winning the summer stakes at Caulfield. Um, headed to the Gold Coast, ran in that one million dollar Magic Millions Cup. She's the fit one. Um, I'm wary of her. Where I've sort of landed, Wishlaw Lass. Uh, she's first up this weekend, but her two pieces of work, and I don't know if you've caught them, Reese, but. Um, it suggests she's ready to rock and roll for this. And, and that latest winning 1,000-metre trial, that was at Geelong. Lovely piece of work ahead of attrition, Karini, Russian, um, Ronnie, and Foxy Frieda, who also presents first up. So the others in the market as well, Foxy Frieda, Vagrant, who's in a rich vein of form as well. Um, they're, the, they're the key runners there. But Wishlaw Lass, I've sort of landed on here, boys. Um, she just makes her own luck up on the speed. Um, she's tough as nails. She's certainly one of mine. The trial was excellent. Lane's two from two um, and best horse in the race. But I think the other one I haven't mentioned and I want to make a small result is Mick Kent's Eternal Flame. So uh, she comes through a benchmark 70 win at Caulfield. It was run at a strong tempo. Um, they went 12.2 lengths inside benchmark, two to six. She was posted three wide the trip and ran away from them through the line. So she's got plenty of upside. I think Wishlaw Lass is the best horse. That's how I'm going to attack the race. Yeah, what? Sorry, that was outstanding. This is why we have him in the This chair. is why we've got him in that Done chair. His that was outstanding. Sorry, go, go on, Reese. What are well, you thinking? Well, I'm completely winning too. Um, Wishlaw Lass is Nick's horse girlfriend. No doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, it is. He's a massive yeah. Wishlaw Lass fan. Yeah, big time. And um, she looks like she's come back very well and very typical of the Simon Wild um, stable to have them ready to fire first up. She's drawn <laughs> well. She'd be banging herself up on speed. Um, Frosty in the saddle. He's absolutely flying. Foxy Frieda trialled, I thought, very good as well in the same trial at Geelong. Um, I think she's a better second up mare, 1600, and her statistics would read that too. So watch her for next time. Revolutionary Miss is probably the one that's got a bit of fitness on her side, and she's going to get a very good run from gate one. I think Vagrant will probably be three, four back the fence. And if Vagrant can somehow get the passage through she got at Caulfield, she's a chance, but she's going to find it tougher against Wishlaw Lass, who's going to be a number of lengths in front. Um, and probably not going to have to do too much work to be in the spot. She's either going to be outside leader or 1-1. One, one. So I think Westlaw Lash is a bet. She's mm. got a brilliant record. She's a winning machine. She's got a good jockey on board, and she's going to get a good map and running. So, um, yeah, strong bet on her, I think. I like that point you make around Vagrant. I, I think she would have been, <clears throat> had to have been considered a bet, but that gate, that yeah. inside draw, she gets back <clears throat> in her runs. Uh, and as well, Bo Merton's, I know he's had he's sort of been the key to her yeah, in many respects, yeah. and he's out injured at the moment. Ben Mellum's certainly no yeah, knock no, going on. No. You can't knock it. But it, it was unbelievable the run she got through, considering the track pattern at Caulfield. It, they all just fanned for it. Where you, mm. on a day where you need to be, if you weren't on speed, you needed to hug the fans, and it just opened up beautiful for her. But take nothing away from her. Mitch has done a terrific job for her to come through the grades. I mean, I think she was a seventy winner not long ago, and here she is in the market in the group race. So. She's a, as Mitch has said, she's a real winner. She's got a real will to win, but this will certainly test her out on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm in full agreement with both of you. Uh, I like the um, chat around Eternal Flame. Someone uh, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. An interesting one is Damien Lane actually jumps off uh, for Wishlaw Lass. So, yeah, something maybe potentially in that. Uh, just a quick 
little one, Wish or Lass, carries 58 kilos. The, on, uh, the only winner to carry that much weight uh, in this race in the last century was Anavisto last mm. year. So um, the weight is going to be an interesting one. Do you think uh, there's any concern there, race? I don't think there's a massive spread between all of them, which certainly helps. I mean, if some of these mares were getting in really light with some claims and there was a bigger spread, I would be. But... Um, I think, yeah, I don't think there's a massive difference there. I think she'll still be too strong considering that. Yeah, and you look at the you look at the key rivals in yeah. the market. Like, yeah. you look at Revolutionary Miss, who's on the second line of betting. Well, she carries more she carries weight more. than, than yeah. Wishlaw Lass. And then yeah. Eternal Flame, well, she's the one on the up. Like, I know yeah. she won last start impressively, 3-1-0 cover, but that's benchmark 70 yeah. level. So We're talking about two kilos. Yeah. So it's not even six or eight, yeah. mm. which would make a much bigger difference, I think. Yeah. Simon Wilde has to be also one of the most underrated city... Uh, when he goes to the city trainers uh, in the country, he's very just good, absolutely very good fantastic. Very his horses. He's never too ambitious. And uh, this mare's record, Wish All Ash, just shows that she's, she's kept her winning through her grades, placed her particularly well. And uh, hopefully she's on her winning way again Saturday. Yeah, I don't well, think there's many better trainers than Simon Wilde. <coughs> Even in Tassie, he takes him to Tassie, wins two, two, lo- two Lonnie Cups, a Hobart Cup. At least when you get a Group 3 Hobart Cup on the board, we, we might throw you out the ring. But he takes them anywhere for black tie. <laughs> he does, he does. Yeah. Uh, good discussion, guys. Let's talk about the Group 3 vanity uh, for the three-year-old fillies. Uh, some really nice horses have won this race in the past. Obviously, the Group 1 winners at Canedna and Amphitrite. Amphitrite, uh, Barb Raider has won at Zoo Dancer as well. Uh, what are we thinking, guys? Footy, I'll start with you. Yeah, so speed... Interesting here, good speed engaged. Tyler Larkasona from inside draws, they're going to push forward. Uh, sparkling, Infatuation and Grinzinger Bell, they'll work over from the wide draws as well. Uh, Infatuation's an interesting runner. Bjorn Baker, um, the stable's on fire at the moment. 13 wins, 18 minors from the last 50 starts. That's good going. And uh, I, I thought, just anecdotally, I was like, she's Bjorn Baker when he brings horses to Flemington. He must... They just go well because I've got like osmosis in my yeah, head, yeah. the other end of that English sprint. But I look through, it's three from 24. So yeah, I'm just right. making things up. But the stable is on fire at the moment. And look, last start at Rose Hill when Infatuation won, the change of tactic to go forward was the key for that. And uh, she'll settle further forward again here, I think, and, and be prominent from the wide draw. And she's the fit horse. Molly Nickers, $3.50 favourite at the moment. Look, she burst onto the scene. She won that. Um, Vobus Golding got at uh, Caulfield in July. Last start, she was a $5.50 chance in the Group 1 flight stake. So she's yeah. clearly got ability and she's great. I didn't love her jump out. So I thought um, I thought she may need the run. She'll be better for it. Uh, and in terms of how I'm going to play this race from a betting perspective, well, Donegal's the one. So um, she was a really nice winner first up at Sandown, 1,300 metres. She gave her competitors race fitness that day and uh, was still too good for them. She was last at the 400, uh, went through her gears really nicely, and, and the win was, was soft in the end, let's be honest. So um, she looks a really nice bet, Donegal there, stepping up slightly in trip. And I'm going to make this a hamburger with the lot, boys, because I think uh, Molly Nickers is going to need the run, and she's far too short in the market. Clearly has ability. Um, she was just rousted along in that jump out on the back straight there at Packenham. You probably had a better view from your stable than the toaster phone they were recording it on. But um, look, she didn't get much of a response there. So uh, I'm happy to see her go around and not be with us. So I'm going to back Donegal and lay Molly Nickers in the vanity. Favourites have fared okay in this race. I think five of the last 10 winners have been favourite in the race. What do, you, what do you think, Race? Yeah, look, I'm probably happy to go against a because the, the jump out was okay. 
Um, very typical of Moody to be properly tested, though. Not many of his would go to the line um, untested. He likes to have them pretty forward. But I am against her at the draw and the price. There's two here that I quite like at a price. Um, French Endeavour is a really interesting one for me. She's um, She had no luck first up at Rose Hill. Um, second up last prep, she was a very good winner at Hawkesbury. Don't get me wrong, it was only a class one. But then she ran fourth to... Tis Invincible um, and the T-Rose Stakes. And she was very good there. And then she had one more and it was probably an end of prep run. Um, I think she's a Matthew Smith, another trainer who brings horses down at the right time and knows which horses to bring down to Melbourne. I see there's a little bit of specking already. Um, got a good jockey in Mick D. She's probably going to get back in the run. So I'm going to have something also small each way on La Casona, who is going to dead set put itself right up at speed. It led um, at Sandown. It was a race that didn't rate that great, but it was a small field. They controlled it from on speed. She had really good fight. She was, I think, second or third in market, and the horse down the bottom, Inez, was short price favourite of Blake Shin. And it had its chance loomed up, and this filly kicked really strongly. Um, I think she's the type of filly that you see every now and then come off a maiden win and take that jump pretty easily. Um, the ratings might not say it, but she's only had the one start. I also like Craig Williams sticks with. He probably could have had some other options in this race. He obviously likes what he felt and that debut win. So I want to follow her on speed, and I want to follow French Endeavour off the speed, just in case they do do it over up front, which I think there is a little bit of speed in here. So it'll be interesting to see how the race unfolds. But I'm sort of one at the front end and one at the back end, and hope there's a bit of a boil over at a price. I'm glad you brought up French Endeavour, because obviously Matt Smith is another Sydney trader bringing one down. And as you said, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, you really got to keep an eye on when he brings horses down uh, to Victoria. Infatuation, obviously, Beyond Baker's flying as well. Probably leaning towards it. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic race, though. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I know that uh, Jackson Oldham uh, has some uh, points against Molly Nickers as well and agrees with you, footy. But we're going to go to a race that I absolutely love. It's the, the C.S. Hayes Stakes uh, for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Uh, yeah, like I said, I love this race. One of my favourite editions was uh, a few years back in the pouring rain, Alligator Blood versus Catalyst. Mm -hmm. uh, they went head to head for the the whole race. Was anyone there that day? No, I wasn't on course, but I, I remember I, watching it on TV somewhere though. I remember back in Catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> Still just yeah. got over it. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for reading it up. Jeez, where did they go after that? <laughs> it was a shame about Catalyst. That, he was a yeah, super yeah, horse. Yeah, was, yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching him race, but. Have a, have a listen to some of these winners of the race. Pinstripe last uh, last year, racing the Cox Plate um, last year as well, sorry. Uh, Tagaloa, Alligator Blood, The Inevitable, Grunt, Hay Dog, Wanjina. So, yeah, some super sounds horses like a, there. Sounds like it throws on those stallions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Stallions there. Um, but the interesting one is the Derby, Derby winner, Riff Rocket, first up. Uh, looking forward to seeing him back. Footy, but who are you going to keep an eye on? Yeah, I'm with you, Carl. It's the race I'm actually most looking forward to on a day where we've got the Group 1 Lightning Stakes. So uh, it's going to paint a nice picture around um, around the guineas as well. And, and, and a few of these are obviously key in the market there from a futures perspective. Look, the speed here, there's not a stack of it. Ambassadori will go forward. Run, Harry, run. Um, Verdad from two will be a speed influence as well. Otago has terrific gates speed, but I suspect they might try and take a sit with him as well. It seems they're sort of trying to educate him every time mm. they, they step out because he does do a little bit wrong. <clears throat> um, look, King Colorado, she he was super impressive. His return in the Manfred Stakes, first up behind Brave Me. That race was running at an even tempo, but he got home 
4.2 length inside the class average for the last 600 and, and some of the fastest closing splits for the entire meeting. So that's the sign of a colt who's come back in very good nick. And he looks to be a better horse ridden cold as well, King Colorado. So Mark Zara draws nine. I suspect he'll have a bit to do late. The step up in trip will certainly suit. He'll get his opportunity at Flemington to go around them and go through his gears, but he's going to have to go past a couple of good ones. That's And that's what you've got to weigh up in the price because he is quite short. Um, you mentioned Riff Rocket, the returning derby winner. Um, he's one of the more dynamic derby winners, and, and he returns off a couple of quiet Warwick Farm trials over 900 and 1,000, where, as you'd expect him to do, he just sat out the back and got through the line nicely um, under minimal pressure. Vidad, I was really taken. Um, he's had two jump outs in an official trial, and I was really taken by his trial. I thought it was excellent. Hit the line well. Um, he just shaded, um, Ourobor- just shaded by Ouroboros who you'd expect to be sharper over 800. So I'd have him ahead of Riff Rocket for a race like this first up, but I'm going to be playing around those. I'm going to be backing Otago. So uh, he's my pick for the Oz Guineas early, and I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's got a stack of ability. Um, and look, he's five weeks between runs. He had a um, jump out between runs as well. And again, he's a bit green, did a bit wrong. He sort of got the head in and wanted to lay in a little bit. They've put the bubble cheeker on near side for this um, to try and straighten him up a bit. Mertens loses the ride to Ben Mellon um, due to his injury. Um, but yeah, I've got Otago on top. And I'm also going to spec something small on Hay Fat Cat. I don't know if you caught this runner last week. He's on the seven-day backup. Um, the stewards report, boys, it's a dossier. It's like reading the bloody Lord of the Rings trilogy. There's that much on it. So, um, But in short, he missed the kick. Bit went wrong. Um, and, you know, providing he does everything right, I think $11 is a nice price for him. So a Targo main bet for me. Hey, Fat Cat is going to be a result as well at double-figure price. Um, I'm strongly with King Colorado. I think he's the best performed horse in the race. No doubt about that. I think it'd be silly to argue that. His first up run was super. Um, you can't knock that either. So he's already he's already had the run under the belt. Um, I think if they've got some big plans for this horse, he probably needs to be winning this type of race. Zara on, he's going to get back. That'll be the worry. But I don't, as you said, footy, he was very good late in an even tempo race. I'm I'm not convinced he needs strong tempo. I think mm. he, a soft tempo might suit him. I know it doesn't always suit horses to, to run them down, but if he was run off his feet and he was a long way off them around Flemington, I think that would be a real tough run for him. And then he'd have a lot of ground. I think I'd rather him be off a slower tempo, only five or six off them. There'd be a three, four wide train coming into that that's wide sweeping bend and he'll be able to come off their backs. And I think he'd be too good late. Um, Otago, don't get me wrong, shown some clear ability um, for him to, he might run really well Saturday and he might win. Don't know how many runs they're going to get out of his first prep. I think they're doing a good job that they're spacing his runs, but it's going to be a very busy autumn considering mm. he hasn't had a proper break. Um, so good luck to the Roller Dice boys. They've paid good money for him out of New Zealand. He's doing everything right. No doubt he's a good horse and he's going to be a better horse in time. I think he's been marked off um, price-wise, you know, the anticipation of where he's going to get to rather than what he's done compared to a King Colorado, which is fair enough. But I'm firmly in King Colorado's corner. And another horse down the bottom, and the only reason I'd take really interest in this horse is the jockey booking. It's Damien Lane on Et 2 Brute. I think that's how you pronounce it. For Damien to stick with this horse, as I said in the race before, obviously he's felt something... Um, about this horse that he really likes. And I'm pretty sure he probably could have ridden something else on the race if he wanted to. 
Um, he's got a good association with the Freeman um, team. This horse has been slow away, so he's probably going to be out the back with King Colorado. I don't know if he's going to be as good if, as King Colorado late, but I think he's a horse to watch, and he's going to prep up well towards an Australian Guineas. And, yeah, I'm just really keen to see um, what he does on the weekend. I think Damian Lane's sticker with him is a real positive push. I think the fact that King Colorado had that first start in the Manfred bodes well for him, but only one horse this century has carried more than 57 and a half kilos and won this race, and that was Tagaloa in 2021. And we know how good that horse was. So uh, uh, something with King Colorado, probably just want to see him do it. He's had a couple of issues in races, especially being a back marker. Yeah, maybe this preparation, just want to see him do it before um, I look at backing him. But he's actually a horse I'm keen to lay. I don't think, uh, I think right now he's probably a little bit too short. Um, if he drifts out a little bit, um, yeah, potentially we'll look at backing him. Any other final thoughts there? Uh I think it's been a pretty pretty good summary. Like there's a there's a few runners in that market they wouldn't shock if yeah. if they won and and it's really difficult when you're assessing this race. Reese touched on a really um, on a couple of these ones even in the last two races how it's really hard to price and predict improvement That's from right. these maiden mm. grades to these black type races um, pretty sharply. So uh, again, we'll, we'll learn a lot, whatever the outcome the, in the CSA is. This CSAs. is probably the, the little difference with me is against a tag. It was, I was specking one in the race before of uh, La Coronessa. She's 21s or 26s where this gelding is priced $4, $4.50. Mm. So you're taking a lot shorter quote, banking on him improving again and he, he, him you know, going through the ranks, which of course he can easily do when he's shown that he's still in a progressive horse. But the reason I was with... Um, the Maha horse in the race before is just the price. You know, yeah. I, I'm happy to have something each way in a horse that might come through the roof second or third run rather than this gelding here, Otago, when you've got to take $4 to find out, you know, if he is up to him or not. Oh, he's, his rating in his last start, Otago, was actually a re- really strong rating yeah. and he did so much wrong mm. and to the eye. I was even quite surprised <clears throat> when I went back and looked at the times and the yeah. se- sectionals and, and then the um, formed the final figure that it actually rated incredibly well. So yep. I'm thinking if this if he can actually put it together and he's got more improvement in him, yep. look out. Yep. Here we go, guys. It's time for the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning. It's just simply a race that, that good horses win. Um, I absolutely love this race. Uh, over the 1,000 metres at Flemington, down the straight. Uh, last two years, the race has been won by three-year-olds, Cool and Gatter and Home Affairs. Uh, which bodes well also for Iron and Stopper. We saw Lloyd Kennywell over in uh, Las Vegas. He was on After the Last doing an interview uh, at midnight. Did anyone catch that one? I didn't catch it. I flicked the TV on. I thought it was Pipple. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <Yeah. laughs> Not bad. <laughs> so when did they get him on Racing.com? Yeah. <laughs> this is a good get. That's a good budget. Yeah. Uh, not a bad life if you're going to the, the Super Bowl on, uh, you know, on a Monday or Sunday there. Yeah. And then uh, you got a Group 1 runner on, on the Saturday back in, uh, back in Melbourne at, at HQ. But uh, what's happening with the speed footy? It doesn't look like there's a stack of it. <laughs> yeah, tough nap. Well, we see Mark Zara come back as well from Vegas and be really successful each year. Maybe Lloyd Kennywell's thinking, I'm going to just channel a little bit of this and come back and get a Group 1. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, speed map, I- I'm unsure where it's sort of, is going to come from here. Is that how you sort of assessed it? Well, like, yeah, there's no real clear, obvious leader. Mm. Uh, they, they generally, you know, a couple of horses might want to find cover, but they generally all stay in their lanes. And it's, you know, very typical of a straight race not to be run too fast mm. unless there's a, an obvious um, leader. So, I, yeah, it's t- tough to pick who will be right on speed. But, you know, the astrologers will be right there. 
they're all fast horses. They're all going to be very close. It's going to come down to does someone really panic about getting cover and, and want to come back and slot in or is everyone just going to hold their line? You know, you mm. can nearly see a line of five, I'd say, across the track at some stage. Do you think maybe Cylinder takes the lead? Yeah. Oh. It'll be a share. There'll be I don't think there'll be one horse that'll clearly lead and, out. And wind won't be a factor. It'll be at their back. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a fascinating map. And, I mean, you, you can't... Imperatriz's run down the straight in the spring... You can't really compare that because it's end of prep versus mm. first up. Mm. So it's like when she sat up on speed on Champions Day. So it's a different scenario. The Astrologist Cylinder, they're the two that might be prominent. Um, fascinating little race. So it's come up a little <coughs> bit thin in terms of numbers, but there are some genuine Group 1 competitors in here. I think it's a great um, spectacle. Yeah, I think, it's, like, I think it's a race that doesn't actually usually get many numbers to mm. it, but it's always a fantastic race. It probably averages only seven, eight runners uh, in the field over the last five or six years. But, um, and I think I was listening on After Last last night, it's only had 12 runners once in the last, you know, yeah. um, X amount of years. It's been, a, it's been a while. But I love what Joe Pride has done. He said, you know what, I'm coming down to take on Imperatriz. Uh, likely to start an odds-on favourite. It'll be interesting to see what the Betfair Exchange does. Currently, odds-on at, at all the corporates, but you're seeing around uh, $2.10 on Betfair at the moment. What are we doing with Imperatriz? Yeah, well, she presents off that most talked about trial in the history of trials, doesn't she? And, yep. and it was, I think the best way to put it was it was casual. That's how I'd sort of define what she did. And um, look, there, it was a hot trial in terms of who was in it. You had Bella Nipotina, I Am Unstoppable, who lob here mm. as well. So if you put a lot of your thought and your energy around those trials well you can sort of tie them in and see where they're at if that's what you really want to use as your key form factor but look i really what i really liked and has since thrown a curveball in for me around imperatriz this week is she was taken out to mooney valley on monday morning for a track gallop and i assume it was to sharpen her up and say hey, this is where you took the piss in the spring. <laughs> Remember that? How about we sharpen up? And she'd had track gallop with Sands Doot, who's a, a genuine benchmarker, um, but the piece of work mm. looked to be much mm, sharper yeah. and better. And Thank I know God trials... Be, Thank God she yeah. made it in the gallop. <laughs> <laughs> and I know trials... <laughs> worried then. Trials are different, obviously, to track gallops, but you can't underestimate, you know, a, a great trainer like Mark Walker yep. and having knowing his horses and knowing what's best for them so this just adds a little fly in the ointment in terms of oh, do i want to back the world's best rated sprinter now at a dollar 80 so it's really intriguing for me i'm, I'm going to stay out i'll preface this by i'm going to stay out because I, I yeah it's just a bit too hard and at a dollar 80 well she can kind of win without me and i'd be happy if she won um Private Eye, fascinating runner. Joe Pride's a real competitive unit. As you yeah, said, he'd be unit. like, I want to come down and take on the best and I want to beat the best. And Private Eye, well, four from eight first mm. up, um, two quiet trials. So he's going to be raring to go. So uh, he's he's going to be um, a tough, he's tough to assess as well. And then there's I Am Unstoppable. And gee, I think his most intriguing runner outside of Imperatriz in this field is the three-year-old uh, I've got him for a new market, so I hope he doesn't win because he's going to cop it penalties-wise at the weights if he does. So What's his weight for a new market? It's like 50. 50. 50, 50 yeah. It's 50. Yeah. But and Jamie's booked if he does. Incredibly yeah. well-weighted. Yeah, which is, which, yeah, that's going to be a fascinating race. We can talk about that in a few weeks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, he's most untapped as well. Six starts, second to osmosis in a cool ball. Where does he get to this prep? 
then Cylinder, 1.2 lengths off Think About it in the mm. Everest. It's a great little race. So Bellinia Patina as well. She's a corker. We always overlook her in yep. Group 1 races, and she's a genuine Group 1 horse, and she has a bomb-proof setup in terms of how she goes about it. So, <clears> And she trialled well through that race too. So, uh, look, that's my assessment of the race. I don't know if anyone's going to learn anything from that, but it's a stay out for me and, and watch. Yeah, look, I'm, um, I am going to lay her. Um, and it's this is big. Well, it's just it's just laying her because of the price. I'm not laying her because of the, the you know the way she's going. But you're not doing Tom, what Tom did, basically saying that Animo's not I, a good horse I and laying it. I would never do anything Tom does. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good call. It's a safe, safe, safe um, way to live. But if we're talking, you know, anything short of two dollars, I, I just think she's a lay because I think. Um, trials are just guides, don't get me wrong. Um, but if you're going to use that trial as a guide, she's not going as well. She wasn't going as well as some of the others in this race. So for me, watching that trial, I'm just happy to, you know, have a play around a couple of the others. But in saying that, I, I back in Mark Walker and the team enough that if something wasn't right with this mare, she wouldn't be here. They're not just going to run her for the sake of it. You know, they're not going to um, have a blemish on her record and then say, "You yeah, look, we shouldn't have run her. So I back in at the stable are very happy with her to be there. But from what I've seen, from my eye, that you couldn't possibly take in that price as a bet. Mm. So I'm, I'm more than happy to be laying her at that type of price. Outside of that, good luck. Anything could win. Um, I think Rich Fortune, unfortunately, is probably the only one that can't win. Wouldn't be shocked to see Espiona win. The Australia just can't win. Uh, true. Yep. No, fair enough. Um, but outside of those two, I think anything wouldn't shock Espiona. So the cylinder, the astrologist said Espiona all had a, a trial up the straight. Espiona was under double wraps from Mickey D. Um, cylinder trial good with Damien Lane in the in the saddle. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. She would she would obviously have to not be at her best to get beat. I think if she's at her best, she clearly wins. That's why she's the best rated sprinter in the world. But yeah, after watching that jump out, I'm not, I'm I'm I struggle to fall into horses at that price when mm. they're dead set airborne. Let mm. alone after what might not be the best trial you've seen from us. So, um, yeah, cracking race, going to be very interesting, and uh, yeah, can't wait to watch it. I'm looking forward to seeing the small field and 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 having a look at the tactics in the race and the strategies from the jockeys because where are they going to go? Uh, barrier two, obviously, mm. Imperatrix is going to jump from, and that has been the most successful barrier uh, this century for for this race. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an incredible race. I just wanted to ask you about uh, uh, Imperatrice going down and having a gallop at the Valley. Just the nuance of nuances of horses is is fascinating, mm. um, and that's proper trainer craft, right? Uh, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would have been. They would have planned that. I dare. Oh, look, I don't want to speak for them, but they probably didn't have that planned. Um, but after a lackluster trial, they thought, well, maybe we need to give this girl another trip out. See if we can spark her up, get a bit of interest. And Mooney Valley is the best place for it. It's very unique, even without the crowd. Mm. On an early morning down there, it's a very unique place. Um, and, yeah, obviously from her work, you know, they're happy enough that she's pulled up well from it, happy with what they've seen. But, yeah, I think it's a great move. If if It might give everyone a little bit more confidence in her now. Um, and that might be the difference between her winning and losing, as simple as that gallop on Monday. In fairness, too, if you made me go and do a 1K time trial at Cranbourne at 8 a.m., I probably wouldn't dish out my best performance either. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Just athlete talk there for so you. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What, I'd, a great, I'd, what a great insight. Yeah, eh? that's a great now insight. Now we know how she's working. Everyone everyone always goes, they're athletes. Horses are athletes. Well, I'm telling you. No, fair <laughs> enough. Not breaking three minutes down there. <laughs> well, uh, let's. that was a great, great discussion, guys. Well done. Um, I didn't add too much, but looking forward to it. Are you uh, having a bet? Uh, I, I, I kind of like Private Eye. I think 
Imperatures is, is pretty short. Just, oh, just the host is sitting on the just, fence a bit, just, isn't he? Just, I'm, 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 I'm allowed to do that. He, does, old one he back. does get a lot of spoilers. I want the old one back. I'm, a, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. No, but it, it is a bit of a fence-sitting race. I think it's just going to be a fantastic just The other thing watch. that you did quickly touch on is that the track, it probably helps her that it is a smaller field because if they do need to get to the outside of the track, Gate two is not a massive concern. Whereas if there was a 14, 16 horse field, mm. that inside compared to private eye, maybe drawn the outside, which he is Saturday. If there was a bigger difference between, you know, gates that could come down by the end of the day, we might know there's been, there would have been a couple of straight races by then. And we might be thinking, gee, private eye is drawn the perfect spot. She's going to have to come across, which she probably can in this small field. So it, it's going to be very tactical as it always is up the straight. Sorry, this is a weird question, but will Victorian racing look a little bit silly if private eye wins on Saturday? I, it's footy footy loves talking up the SA horses and I'll be completely honest with you, I don't think this state stuff doesn't matter. We all buy from the same sales. Mm. Like I've just been to Sydney and I okay. they're all the same if anything, the breeders should be the ones that have the talking points because some horses are bred out of New South Wales, some horses are bred out of Victoria. Like you know, these horses everyone's can buy them. Like I understand they're all trained from different um, states, but I don't I think every trainer in Victoria could uh, sorry, every trainer in Australia could probably train any horse to be, you know, capable of winning these type of races. So I don't fall into any of that state stuff, and, in my opinion. And Imperatures is a Kiwi as well. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> but Victoria, right, like it's been yeah. noted that the, the horses, you know, had preparations. Our last whole preparation was in Victoria and she obviously avoided going to the Everest and, yeah. and some of those bigger races in uh, in Sydney. So, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I probably it, agree. It, it, I, could I it like... be the same as... You know, Wings never went into overseas. To yeah. Who cares? Like, it doesn't bother us here, does it? Yeah. Like, it's that type of thing, you know. She, yeah, winning's winning. And no matter where you are in Australia, I reckon it's very hard to win a group one. Mm. So. Sorry, th- this must be really late for me, but will Imperatrice go to a TJ Smith? Or... I think they've talked about going to Sydney this prep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe finish finish up Let's there. just get the weekend out of the way. One yeah. week at a time. Yeah. <laughs> let's get my lady out of the way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get stuck in, have a little bit of break, a uh, little bit of a break from the racing and we're going to go to what caught my eye and something's caught your eye, Nicholas. Yeah, connections and <laughs> jockey battles. Yeah. This is how, we, this is what we're going to roll with here. Fighting. Bit of sword fighting. <laughs> yeah, a bit yeah. more of A <laughs> couple of big dogs in their, in their respective uh, fields and that is uh, uh, John O'Neill versus Mark Zara. And uh, look, what I would say is, you need to be very careful if you're going to come out and take take shots, particularly at, um, let's say, a big-time rider like Mark Zara, let's say that. So this is around Bold Bastille's run um, in the Phillies prelude on the weekend. And, look, John O'Neill came out on, on Melbourne Radio and uh, said the ride was just, you know, colourfully said the ride was no good. Let's just put it that way. And uh, Mark Zara fired back and, looked crunching the data, um, you have to be backing Zara here because... The race went pretty even. It was 1.6 lengths inside the class average to the 600. Zara went on Bold Bastille leading them up in the fillies and, and she folded up and she was given a cold by the 20 to 1 shot outsider. So um, it'd be it's a tough there to be critical of the ride. But Mark Zara, he, he fired back, didn't he, Reese? I think you've it's, got some of his finest yeah, from social it's, media. It's right in front of me. It's some great content because I, I completely understand that jockeys can cop fuck because they're, as Tommy's big on it, you know, they're, sportsman you know every sportsman in the world cops you know social media flack and everything like that but not often do you see the sportsman giving it back to 
who's given it to them. So yeah, the, the content from um, Mark Zara on his on his Instagram is very good. The, the photo of him riding gold trip in the Melbourne Cup and then he stuck John O'Neill's face on top of his <laughs> and, and tagged him in it and said, sorry, we forgot about all the group one winners you've ridden. I reckon that's an absolute beauty. That That's that's some proper good content there. But um, yeah, look, it was it was tough to be that critical. I mean, the horse was just unfortunate. It pulled up lame as well, you know. Um, there were some clear excuses there, but... Um, Johnny boy, he doesn't like. He doesn't mind having a crack at the jockeys. Not bad for a bloke that's ever ridden a horse. I think. I think there's a way to articulate your point as well yeah. that can be a little bit yeah. more respectful than yeah, perhaps correct. that. And I know you got a lot of skin in the game and you invest a lot in the industry, but you know if you don't, someone else will. Yeah, that's right. Can I just say on Mark Zara uh, on social media, Instagram specifically, uh, Betfair's Instagram is you know just getting up and running, and we posted a picture of Mark Zara. Uh, announcing or, or talking about the fact that he was going to go to Allersley for the uh, the Karaka Millions week, and it only had one like, and it was from the great man himself. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's not bad. Uh, I've got a, a quick shot. I was supposed to read this in the uh, in the Black Caviar uh, Group One analysis section, but uh, I put it in a different section. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, a punter this morning put up twelve thousand dollars to back Imperatrice at a dollar uh, two dollars twelve. Uh, on the Betfair exchange, so there's plenty of money there uh, for punters early to to lay. I found that pretty interesting. To back or to lay? Uh, so they have put it up to back. So yep. yeah, punters yep. can can so lay that me. one there. Um, so I've got to step in. So it? yeah, yeah, that's where uh, all of it. Yeah. you can uh, tighten your belt and have a have a bit of a crack, Reese, if be, you'd like. Be fascinating to see what price she gets to. Yeah, correct. Yep. A lot's going to have to do yep. with how she presents as well. Well, that's, this is the thing. I think uh, from what I know, she's a pretty layback customer at the race. I don't think she's ever presented bad. So I'd assume she'd present pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't think the day will get to her or anything like that. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the market does. With yeah, that, I'm, so I'm excited. I'm really excited to see it because I, I can't believe that there's, you know, a dollar seventy, a dollar eighty at the corporate sound. You're getting two dollars twelve. Uh, that's why Betfair's the best, mate. Well, that's why Betfair's the best. Uh, we don't say that often here. Um, all right, let's go over to, to Randwick. This is a race I really like. I think it's just the Group Two of Apollo Stakes, wait for age over fourteen hundred meters. Whilst uh, you know it's the start of the journey for a lot of horses that go into a Queen Elizabeth, uh, I got a real affinity of thinking about thinking about Winks and, and a couple of other horses. So uh, I, I think it's a, a good race. Have you guys taken a quick look at it? Yeah, I have. Um, this is sort of form analyst nightmare stuff mm. for me because every runner in the race presents first up. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm. I'll put my hand up and say my one wood isn't trials and jump outs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at them, but uh, ultimately um, I'll take more notice of horses that generally um, perform first up and, and better on the fresh side. And then the, I guess the trial and the jump out will just be ticking it off, making sure we don't have any big issues in that area. And look, from a speed point of view, this race, well, you got Attractable and Lindemann, they look to be the clear speed influences. Um, and in terms of how it sets up from behind that, well, then you look at the market. Fangirl, she's short, two bucks twenty, I think, at the mm-hmm. moment. I think she deserves favoritism. She had a terrific prep last time in. Upstage, Mr. Brightside and the King well, Charles, she, she, and she is a first up winner last prep. Yeah, she is. Stakes. Yep, and um, look, she was absolutely bolting in the Cox Plate too yep. back on the oh, fence, wasn't yep. she? So she Don't had two thousand. Yes, yeah, she had some preparation, and her trial looked very good. She did exactly what she's done previously. So. 
there's nothing there compared to previous preparations that would say, mm. oh, well, I can't she's see. She's not going Yeah, the she's same. not going the same or as well. Um, how forward does she need to be to win is, is the question. You've got runners like Militarise, who's a three-year-old colt, um, comes through the same trial as Fangirl. You'd have to say, just given his profile, he's going to be open to more improvement than a Fangirl. So that's hard to compare, and, and that's where Price obviously has to step Maybe in. Maybe we'll ask Chris which one's going to win. Yeah, well, good luck. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if he turns the tables just yet on her. So you'll throw a spanner in the works if he says buckaroo. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is this is the one. And I'm not, look, I'm not going to have a bet in the race, but if I had to have a runner on top, I'm going to have buckaroo yeah, on right, top yeah. purely from a price perspective. Third career start in Australia. First time he's been able to go through a full preparation with Chris Waller since swapping from Joseph O'Brien. So he could be anything, trialled up well, comes through that same trial yeah. as Fangirl and Militarise. So you can tie them all through there. So he, he's the one at sort of seven bucks. You got Fangirl at 220, Militarise, I think around four, 440, something like mm. that. So um, they all looked a pretty even bunch in that in that trial. So if you're forcing me to have a bet, I'd say Buckaroo's on top. But again, it's a group two. They're all on a group one path and it's yep. a race that I'm happy to sit back and watch. Yeah, look, it, um, I must admit, I haven't looked at the um, the race too closely, but at the end of the day, Fangirl is probably rightly so favourite. She was first up winner last prep in the wing stakes, which was a pretty good race. J-Max on her, which I think is probably the biggest key. I mean, he mm. probably could have ridden Buckaroo. He probably could have ridden Militarised. So um, Militarised, really keen to see how he... Do you think as well with that J-Max, though, that's going with Fangirl for the prep, for the prep yeah. as opposed to sticking I, with Fangirl I, I, for the first up run. Look, possibly, but I don't even... I, I don't think J-Mac has to... J-Mac can do what he, he wants. Just I, don't, yeah, I, I, I honestly yes, don't think yeah. he has to tie himself in, particularly this stable. I think it's a pretty open book mm. for J-Mac that whatever happens to be going the best at the time, he's a good chance of being on. Just and ask Adam Hieronymus. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But um, look, yeah, that's not how I see it. I just think J-Mac loves winning. Um, he loves winning... Group races. This is a group two. Fangirl, she's a first up winner last prep. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm probably not going to back her at that type of price, but I wouldn't. I, I think she's the best winning chance out of the race. Really keen to see how Militarise comes back because I think he's a great horse. Um, and I think he'll prove himself this prep. Whether they're, I'm guessing they've clearly got better um, races ahead for him. The one that is is first up, but I think would have some type of fitness, um, is Attractable. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, Attractable's not. As good as these, as good as these horses. But if for some reason that tracks playing better to be up on speed, he's going to be right there from barrier one. Regan's flying, and mm. I think from an each way point of view, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he fell into a placing. I think he's probably the fittest out of all of them. I think mm. um, not having long off, and they probably don't have the group one targets ahead. So a group two win or placing would be massive um, for that horse and that stable. So I think he's probably one on the day if the if the track's playing in his favour. I think he could be an each way play. Ten weeks between runs for him. He's as you said, the the residual just, yeah, fitness. Just and, a little bit more there, I think. And I heard Sarah talking on radio yesterday, and she did say, "Look, there's a little bit more to come, but she's got in there to run very well." So. And you, you talk about trainer tax and Sarah Ryan here. Yep. What a fantastic job she's yep, done with the Absolutely. Uh, Fangirl broke my heart in the Champions Mile <laughs> last last year. Uh, I had a I had a nicer back bet on her. I thought I just had to follow her out of the Cox Plate because her Cox Plate performance was absolutely brilliant. Yep. If you run it, you know five five other times, she might win a couple of them. So, uh, also the frank the form has been franked given Mr. Brightside. Pride of Jenny ran really well in the Sair Four. So, yeah, it would have been nice to see Fangirl go down to Melbourne for that, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Let's go over to the Group Two Light Finger Stakes for the three year old fillies over twelve hundred meters. Uh, Autumn ba Autumn Ballet 
Nick, you're keen to back. Yeah, I am. Um, and this is based on, on map and not so much, or map camp, not so much ability because I don't think she's going to be, I don't think she is the best um, filly in the race by any stretch, but um, fresh looks best for her. That's what I'll say. So her peak rating came first up last start when she won the group two silver shadow. Uh, and that was this track and trip. That was, as I said, career peak figure draws one yep. gets Adam Hieronymus on will be the clear leader of the race, which removes luck from the equation. And you're getting $15. Mm. Now there's some really smart fillies coming yep. back. This is a sweet race. You got the likes of Tiz Invincible, who's a dual group two winner at Randwick. Um, you've got learning to fly who could just be the most interesting runner at of the day Absolutely. at Randwick for me. So um, things went amiss in the Golden Slipper last year. Um, didn't know if she's ever going to race That's again. Right. Yeah. And look, usually that set up for me, I see that come back and go, well, that's, that's I want to investigate that from a lay perspective. But if you see it, two trolls, they're yeah, absolute sizzlers yeah, and you can't be laying her. So um, I'm staying out of her. Mumbai Muse, um, look, a couple of nice trolls around, um, sharp trolls around some sharp older horses like Malkovich, King of Sparta, and then Arctic Glamour. Well, that form and that, when she won that, Reginald Allen last prep, beat Jolly Star, who yep. then went on to win the 1,000 guineas. guineas. Very good form. That's good form. So better horses there. But I'm going with the Waterhouse bot fit to the races, Autumn Ballet, 15 bucks, something small. I think it's a good play. Yeah, well, I certainly haven't had much to do with this race, but I think you've sold me because you've sold that, me. She, she, she will definitely, off all that, she'll start shorter than what she is now, no doubt about that, because they'll be aggressive from one. We know that team has them nice and fit first up. They're not going to care what race they win. They, they're happy to win this race first up. So I think that's a great bet. Really intriguing race. This is a this is a cracker, and and Footy's already touched on all of them. There's not many more we need to talk about there. There's a lot of nice fillies here that it's going. We're going to learn a lot more from Saturday, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they can somehow go in a couple of different directions. There'll be a few winners out of this race. So really intrigued to see how Saturday unfolds for this. Love it, guys. Thanks for that. That's uh, Randwick for us. Now we're going to go to our new segment. Well, I mean it's kind of new. We've been doing it for a little bit, but. Uh, it's the, the the last segment we're going to talk about in our season five uh, kickoff episode. It's called the lay streak, and the way it works is we're all going to start off with a hundred dollar liability, and we're going to put that we're going to lay a horse with that money. Uh, if your horse loses and the bet is successful, we're going to roll the winnings on to next week, and we'll try get a streak going. Let's uh, throw to Jackson Oldham, who is going to give us his lay bet for the first lay streak episode. Episode one of Lay Streak, and I want to lay Flemington race six, number two, Molly Nickers. Uh, Moody Coleman, Ben Mallum, she is the most proven horse in the race and probably the mo horse with the most ability, although I think it's a very deep race with lots of winning chances. And she is first up, drawn wide, barrier 11. She'll be back near last, and I thought her jump out was only okay. Uh, the, her main rival in betting, Infatuation, uh, down from across the border, I think will go forward. There's plenty of uh, horses with Good talent in this race, even all the way down to a horse like Larkasona, who who rated well and won impressively on debut. I think uh, around that three dollar mark is way too short, and I'm happy to bet around it. So a good little segue into Nick Foots, uh, Jackson Oldham, keen to be against Molly Nickers. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Jacko too. I think uh, Molly's trial wasn't didn't jump out at me. I think she's a little bit full. 
in the knickers still. She can lose a little bit of weight. So you've been desperate to say yeah. jump out sounds yeah. like I've, right? I've claimed it's not my one wood and now I'm absolutely potting them from the jump out. <laughs> so I'm only knickers. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. She's just too short in the market. I think she's 340, 350. So uh, I will... I'll get mine off to a flyer with Jacko Molly Nickers lay streak for me. Yeah, and I'm gonna lay Imperatrix, the big girl. Um, big. I, I just think she's way too short. Um, and from what I've seen this time around, yeah, there's, there's poisonous odds. I mean, she could just clearly come out and race to her best, which I'm happy to watch. I think it's great for racing, but at that price, considering what we've seen in the jump outs um, against other horses that are in this race, they clearly had her covered. And as much as you could call it a lazy trial, um, I think some of mine would have trolled better than her. I will say that we, we're recording at BSP and the, the recording of this show is on Thursday where she's, uh, you know, $2.10 yep. on the Betfair Exchange. She she could drift. Yeah. She, she could shorten. I don't think she'll drift too much because as the big boys do, they just, yep. they, they back the best horse in the race. And she clearly is. So I, I'd be shocked if she drift too much. Mm. I agree. And she's won a few on the trot now. Yep. People are potentially going to be pretty happy seeing a two in front of uh, her price there. I'm going to lay King Colorado in the CSAs. I think it's a very competitive race. And like I said before, only one horse this century has carried more than 57 and a half and won the race. And that was Tagaloa and Tagaloa was a fantastic horse. So I think at the price so far, I mean, we're going to get BSP, but um, yeah, right now, King Colorado, I'm going to lay it. Hopefully I can get some money on the board for Tommy, last time I did this, I I managed to get a sweet nineteen dollars on there. So. Tom will be wrapped that you're doing it for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm I'm one for one. I'm a, I'm a, I've got a very high strike strike rate on layback. Yeah, you, you should have retired after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just get a quick summary of uh, some of our best bets uh, across this weekend's racing. Nick? Yeah, race five at Flemington, the Tressidy Stakes, Wishlaw, Lass, number three, and number 10, Eternal Flame for a small result as well. I don't want to be losing on her. Uh, best value at Flemington comes in race six, the Vanity, number seven, Donegal. Uh, I think you'll start much shorter. Looks very progressive. Um, she does, I should say. Uh, then in the CS Hayes Stakes in race seven, I win number seven, Otago. Uh, I've got a really high opinion of him and I'll also have something small on number 11, Hey Fat Cat, at the fat odds. Uh, and then I'm shouldering arms to the group one, not getting near that. Then up in Sydney, as uh, a bit of value as well in race eight, uh, I'm with number six, Autumn Ballet. Uh, I think is a good each way price around $15. There's just two I want to mention. Um, race five, Flemington, I'm definitely with you. Wish Law last. I think she's best bet of the day. Um, I think she'll be really hard, hard to fo- hold out. And then I'm going to the following race, race six, the Vanity. I think French Endeavour is um, well over the odds. Um, I'm a little bit worried betting this early. I just want to see how the track plays. But if they can make up ground, um, I think she's going to be very, very good each way chance. So they're my two. I'm happy for Eternal Flame. I liked everything that, that Footy said. Infatuation, I'm, I'm keen to see uh, Bjorn Baker come down and hopefully turn the tide on, on some of those stats that you were saying earlier. Uh, CS Hayes, we, we're obviously going, going to lay King Colorado for the big one, the, the group one black caviar, uh, lightning. I think I'm going to go with private eye. However, if I see, uh, anything $2.10 and above for Imperatriz, I'll, I'll probably back her. I think that's way over the odds for mm-hmm. her, given she's odds on at the corporates at the moment. Wow, guys, I'm glad to, uh, hand this back over to, to footy next week. <laughs> um, but I've learned a lot. I've actually really enjoyed you being in the form chair. It's been great. That's good. And if we have a good week, I might just 
sit on both chairs and just not <laughs> let Tom back in. Well, um, we got the couch. Maybe you can just lie across yeah, the whole exactly. bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the punting couch. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it was called something else oh. up there. Um, <laughs> Start with, with me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Actually, I didn't ask. We, we didn't chat about the new studio. What do you reckon? It's not... It's a real laid back sort of setup. Laid back, laid back. Yeah, it's yeah, nice, isn't it? It's... I'm happy with it. Mm. Still, still took me 45 minutes to drive here, but that's yeah. all right. <laughs> oh, well, it was a good first episode, guys. I'm keen to watch you guys throughout the season and, and chip in where I can. Hopefully, uh, you guys are, are backing a couple of winners this weekend, but that's all we have time for. We'll see you next week on Laid Back with Betfair. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.